Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. We are beginning tonight's shear in Sin and Kuf Nun Aleph. We are up to Sevav. We're on the last line of page 64. The Mechaber says in Sevav, Muterli Kones Bebeisakneses, Bemaklo Ubesarmilo Ubafundoso. A person is allowed to walk into Shua with his stick or with his bag, or with his money belt. The Ramah says, Pirish, mine kisim, these are different types of kisim, different types of bags, and the Targum Ubiyalkut is Ubitarmile. That word Ubiyalkut is in Shmuel Aleph, and the Targum over there says Ubitarmile. The Mechaber continues on page Lamed Gimel and says, there are those who ask for walking into shul with a long knife or with one's head revealed. So the Mishabura begins on page Lamid Gimel. The second line says, Katan Chabiz. So again, the Mechaber says you can't go into shul with a long knife. Says the Mishabura, Lefisha Beisaknesa, Shehu Miyucha Latfila, Marechas Yomav Shaladam. A shul which is designated for Tfila lengthens the life of a person. The Asakin Makatsari Meodam, and a knife. Fakert shortens the life of a person, and therefore it's not appropriate to bring a knife which shortens the life of a person into a place of a shul which lengthens the life of a person. Look in the El Yerabba where his opinion is that one should not be machmir unless the knife is revealed. If the knife is covered, then it would not be a problem. So we have over here a very interesting note, and that is note number 45 just points out we're talking about a knife over here. What about a gun? We know nowadays many people are bringing guns into shul. So the note 45 says, In terms of bringing a gun into shul, the it is usher to bring in a gun. Unless you have nowhere safe to leave it outside, I would say nowadays that we're bringing it inside the shul for shmir within the shul. It's the same idea that also will be a heter. So be'etzim, obviously a gun is like a knife that it shortens the life of a person. It should not be brought into a shul, but we're doing it obviously for protection. That certainly would be grounds to be matir. Now if you look at the bir over here, on the top line, the Ramaskal Vasakin Aruch, he says, I am a Mishabura. This is sort of bringing a knife into shul makes sense about regular people that are not allowed and do not have the heter to eat in the base medrash. And therefore the knife they bring in is not being brought in for any specific use. But a Chacham who we've learned the last couple of shiurim is allowed to eat and drink in the base medrash. So if he's bringing in a knife to eat his meal, so he wants to bring a knife, it's for a use that he has. Says the Chavetz Chaim, it makes sense to say that would be permissible like any Achila's mutter. And normally we're going to see soon that we cover the knives when it comes time to bench. See here also the person is a Tamil Chacham. He has a heter to eat inside the shul or inside the base medrash, so then he's obviously allowed to have a knife there that he's using for his eating just before benching, like always, he would cover his knife. Continues the Mishabura, Sifkadon Chav Gimel. Oberosh Megula. So the Mechaber put these two things together. There are those who ask her to go in with a knife that is long or with a head that is uncovered. So says the Mishabura, Ayin Lael B'Simen Tzadi Aleph Sif Gimel, B'Bira Locha Dibra Maskel V'Yesh Omrim. So if you look at No. 46, he reminds us what we learned over there. Sham Hiksha there, 
The Be'alocha asked me, Masha Kozva Shulchanarach Le'el, based on that which the Shulchanarach said in Simon Beis, Sha'osr Lelech Arba'amos Begilu Harosh Bechomokom, the Mechaber Paskin, that you're not allowed to walk with your head uncovered for Amos anywhere. So why are we saying over here a special din? Don't go into a shul with your head uncovered. You're not allowed to go anywhere with your head uncovered. Afilu Shalobah Beisaknesis. Vikosav La'ayim Beberhetev. And he writes over there to look in the Berhetev, who answers the following. Shemichutz Lebeisaknesis Eino Chiyav Gomer Elamidas Chasidus Bulvad. Going into shul with your head uncovered is actually an Iser. Walking outside for Amos with head uncovered, that's Dam Emidas Chasidus. So therefore, it is not a Stira. If you look at the note right there, he Brings to the prima Godin that answers shechutz lebei saknesas al iser lelech arba amos udafkar amos outside the shul as halacha states it's specifically an iser if you walk for amos with your head uncovered ubedei saknesas aser afilu pachos me arba amos but inside the shul it's aser to go with your head uncovered even less than for amos so therefore that is chiluk number two from the prima Godin that inside a shul it's aser stam and outside it's only aser if you go for amos vehevi odes dasataz and then the Beralacha also brings down the Taz over there. Shebizmanenu aser midina b'chol makom lelech below kisu arosh. And nowadays, it is aser me'ikar adin in all places to go without a head covering. Afilu pachos me'arba amos, even less than for amos. Ve'af v'yoshev bebeso. Even when sitting in his own house, he must have his head covered according to the Taz. Let's go back to in the Mechaber now, Siv Zayin. Yochol lorukba, one is allowed to spit inside a Beisach Nesses, ubevad beraglav, as long as he puts his foot over it and rubs in the saliva into the ground, o shiheisham gemi, or there's some kind of reed grass on the floor of the shul, shim yoruk l'socholo yehinira, that if you spit upon it, it won't be seen, it won't be recognizable. So you are allowed to spit in shul, but you have to make sure that the saliva is not going to be around, so either you step on it and you get rid of it, or you spit on something that is there that it will get absorbed right away and it will not be nicker. Says the Mishabura Sif Kadon Chavdalet, La Rukba, you're allowed to spit inside a shul. But of course, you can't be spitting in a shul during your Shmona Esrei. Kedil El B'Simen Tzadi Zayin Tzadbeis, like we learned earlier in Hilchos Tefillah. V'yazoyer Shelo Yoruk B'Fnei Chaveru Shim Asba. You also have to be careful not to spit in front of one's friend that he'll be disgusted by it. V'ha'ari Hoya Niza Mirikika. And the Ariza was careful from spitting in the shul altogether. Sivkotun Chavhei, we said, Sheyashav Shefenu Beraglov. If you're going to spit in the shul, which is permissible, you have to make sure you step on it and you rub it into the ground. On Shabbos, where you can't be rubbing your foot against the ground, you might be filling in holes and smoothing out the ground, which is an Isra on Shabbos. So then you would place your shoe over it until it just gets smushed into the ground and it goes away. The Mechaber says, unless you spit on reed grass, in which case it's not nicker at all, says the Mishabura, the same thing would be true if there was straw there, or if there was sand there, where the saliva would not be nicker, it would just get absorbed into those items, all those cases would be fine. Says the Mechaber, if someone has some kind of tar or some kind of dirt that's on his feet, it's fitting to wipe it off before you go into Davin. When a person goes into the shul, he shouldn't have on him or on his garments any kind of dirt. Continues the Mechaber Vaitis of Tess. 
Nohagim bohem kovod lechabdon ulerabtzum. We are knowing in a Beisach Knesses honor to sweep and to spritz water to keep the dust down. As the Ramah explains, Pirish kibud nikuyabayas. Kibud is sweeping, so we should be sweeping the shul. That's derech kavod. And ribut is zrikas hamayim al pneakarka. It's sprinkling water on the ground to keep the dust down. So those two things, kibud and Reboots, we are nohig in the shul as a derech kavod. V'nohogim lahadlik bohem neiros lechabdon. We are also nohig to light candles in the shul to give honor to the shul. Says the mishabura se katnachav zayin lahadlik. V'nogu lahadlik kodem sheikonais adam lehispal. The minhag is that we light candles even before people come into shul to daven. Mishum da'amrinam begemara because the gemara tells us mokum shemispalim bo basar a place where you're going to be davening with ten people. Kodma shchina vasya the shchina comes in early and is there and therefore we want to be mocked in before the Shechina comes in to welcome the Shechina with the proper covet so we light candles even before the people come for davening. The second reason is Shekein Hayu Osim Bamikdash that's also how they did it in the base of Mikdash they had the candles lit even though it was lit the whole night that people weren't there but they were lit even though there were not people there that's a covet for the base of Nessas or a covet for the base of Mikdash. Continues the Mechaber Vaiter and Sif Yud Afilu La'achar Shecharvu Adayin Heim even after a shul is destroyed, it still retains its kedusha. And the same way we're noheg covered in the shuls when they're still standing, we're also noheg covered in them when they are destroyed. Except for the things we just mentioned, when it's a destroyed shul, you wouldn't have to sweep the floor, you wouldn't have to be sprinkling water to keep the dust down, because after all, the shul is destroyed, but other acts of kibud you would be required to keep. Vim olu behem asavim. If the destroyed shul started growing grass, tolshem osam. As we'll see, the mishabur explains, you are allowed to pull out the grass. Umanichem osam b'mekoman. But you must place the grass in its place. Mishum agmas nefesh. Because of Agmas Nefesh, meaning we want people to see the grass growing, or the grass at least that was pulled out, but it's put down on the ground, that way it will cause an Agmas Nefesh. That way people will see it, they'll recognize, they'll say, Oi, look what happened to our shul, and that will be a chizah for them to rebuild the shul. Says the Mishaburah, we said again in the Machaber that a shul has Kedusha even after it's destroyed. So Lachar Shechavu, the shuls and the Bate Midrashos, they retain their Kedusha. Vatam, the reason is, Dixiv, the Pasuk says, Vahashimosi es Mikdashechem. Hashem says, I will destroy your Bate Mikdashos. Veloksiv es Mikdashechem Ashimim. It doesn't say, your Mikdash I will destroy. It says, I will destroy your Mikdash. Lahoros lanu dekidoshem heim af keshein shomimim. The fact that it says, I will destroy your Mikdash, is mashma even after it's destroyed. Destroyed, it has a shame mikdash on it that teaches us that the kedusha remains even after the beisaknesses is destroyed. The ein chiluk bazeh beinim heim bateknesio shabert yisrael ubein shabuchutzlar. This halacha does not make any difference between whether the shuls were in Eretz Yisrael or they were in chutzlaret im lo behisnu. Unless there was a t'nai, and that we'll discuss in Ritz Hashem in tomorrow's shir later on in Sif Yud Aleph. So he said, if the grass grows on the shul that was destroyed, you can rip out the grass. Tolshem osam, rotzlomer, it means to say, not that you should do it, but mutter litlosh osam. You are permitted to pull out the grass of the destroyed shul. Ubavachi and nichem b'mikomam. As long as you leave them in the place where they grew, v'lo yitle misham, and you don't remove them from there. 
And why is that? So people should see it. It should cause an agmas nefesh. It should be a chizik for them to rebuild the shul. Says the Mishabura Lafiza according to this. If they betafka took down a shul in this place, and they rebuilt it somewhere else, so they built a new Beisach Knesset, and that's why they destroyed this, to rebuild that. They don't plan on rebuilding the first shul, so there's no idea of putting the grass there for Agmas Nevesh as a chizik to rebuild it. They don't plan on rebuilding it because they have a new shul. So then, says the Chavetz Chaim, it's not Shayat, this whole din. El or rather, what should they do? Yasu Goder Sevivo Shaloyavo Lazalzalsham. Rather, they should make a fence around that area so they shouldn't come to Mazalza the Mokum where the Besak Nessas was standing. And if it's in a place where they're able to sell it, Kaniskar Besimin Kuf Nungimel, like we'll see later in Simin Kuf Nungimel, so Yimkiruhu, they should in fact sell the destroyed shul. Now we're going to see one very important note, and that is in the back of the Sefer, note number 54 which is on page 15 on the bottom. So again, the idea we just discussed in the Mechaber is that if you have a shul that is destroyed, it starts growing grass, either don't pull out the grass or you're allowed to pull out the grass, so make sure you leave it there to cause Agmas Nefesh, people are mechuzik then to rebuild it. Says no 54, Even if for some reason they're not able to rebuild it, the Rambam writes, From that that they leave the grass there, they, their spirit will be humbled. It's a humbling experience to see the destroyed shul and grass growing out of it. And so too writes Rashi Megillah. They'll remember through this the days of it being built. And how they used to gather there to Davim. That is given the opportunity to be able to rebuild it, even though now they can't for whatever reason. Hashem should give them the right to be able to rebuild it and therefore leave the grass there even if you can't rebuild it. And then the note brings on a very interesting discussion and that is In terms of cleaning off the stones of the Kosa Maravi, we know the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed. So now we have a remnants of a destroyed shul, a destroyed Beis HaMikdash. We know you're not allowed to pull out the grass. So are you allowed to pull out the grass that's growing in the Kosa Maravi? Are you allowed to start cleaning off the stones? Or do you have to leave it? That way it causes Agbas Nefesh. So writes Rav Yashiv, She'ein l'chadesh as p'nei avne ha You should not renew the face of the stones of the kosel. U'lahosir ha-shachrurish shaleim And to remove any black that is on them. V'ha-asovim sh'olu b'hem And you should not remove any grass that grew on them. El-orotzui l'hashir as ha-kosel ha-marovi k'moshu Rather you should leave the kosel as is, don't touch it. Kevan she-moset b'zeh nofesh al-agmas nefesh l'roin That is an aspect of agmas nefesh for those who see it. Through seeing that the kosel is grown over with grass and it's turning black, so people will remember the churban abayis v'yispalu neldavin shiyatzor lekadmu, so that it should be rebuilt. Then he writes a very important thing. Rav Yashiv says that it's true that that is the proper way that one should be knowing. However, in he writes, Since we take on as the Iker Halacha, the Kosal Amaravi that we have is one of the walls of the Harabayas, and it's not one of the walls of the Azara of the actual Beis Hamikdash, that's how we hold like the Radvaz, and it's not really a wall of the Beis Hamikdash, it's only a wall of the Harabayas. 
Therefore, if it's not part of the actual binyan of the shul, it's not part of the binyan of the Beis Hamikdash. There really would be no aspect of leaving it as is for Agmas Nefesh. That din was only a din in grass that grew on the area of the actual Beis Haknesses. When you leave the grass there, they remember how they were gathered in that makom. It's not a din in the grass that's growing on the outer wall outside the area of where they davened. And we're standing on the outer side of the Kosal Maravi, so really, this doesn't apply, and you would be able to clean it off, and it wouldn't apply. But Rashi says it is fitting to leave it, and it would lemaisa kozak bas nefesh. The note ends and says, "Achos of Rabbi Yashiv adds on." But the whole uh, plaza in front of the Kosala Maravi, it should be treated with the proper covet, it should be swept, it should be sprinkled upon to keep the dirt down, like we mentioned before. Because after all, that plaza is used by Klai Yisrael as a Mokum And therefore, forgetting the wall, whether you have to leave the grass or not leave the grass, was better to do, but the bottom line is that the area in front of the coast where everyone is davening, that is a din of Beisachneses, it certainly needs a proper covet, if not bigger covet than a regular Beisachneses, and it would need the regular kibbutz and giyutz, and therefore kibbutz and ributz, and therefore you should be sweeping it, it should be taken care of in the proper way. We'll stop here and continue with Hashem next time with Sif Yud Aleph. You have been listening to a shir from shasilluminated.org for other shiurim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including Maramakimus on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS, that's 203-312-7427, or email info at shasilluminated.org.